Welcome back to the second season of the Color Reimagined podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing. Of course, I'm your host, Darius Northern, but this season, we're going to do things a little different. Um, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm going to have my cousin, Mark Brown, accompany me um, as a co-host this season and for, for the foreseeable future. So let's give it up for Mark Brown. It's good, everybody. appreciate you having me, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. So i um, very excited that we're able to... Um, connect on this man we've been talking about doing something like this for a long time and um as fate would have it we have we're in the position now to 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 do things digitally um and it's kind of like a culture norm right now so i'm very excited to kind of hop into this podcast with you curate different topics um have conversation incredible interviews with different different people within their respective industries get different perspectives from all around the world and uh really really build this thing up you know what i mean so welcome to the podcast man um very excited to have you. Before we start, bro, let's give a round of applause for the for the creator of PLC, man. Oh, bro, man. I'd love to see how much you've grown, man, and what you've done with the brand. What we've done with the brand, but uh, you sure. in particular, bro. Uh, blood, sweat, and tears, bro. It's, uh, it's, it's been great to see it. And and now we're here with the podcast, so uh, I, I can't wait to see what the future holds. For sure, man. I'm very excited, too, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to build the community out. And uh, yeah, big brick by brick, man, build this community up and this brand up to something that that's going to be massive and impactful on society. Um, but in lieu of all of that, man, we got a very interesting, exciting topic to talk about today. Today's topic is social movements and temporary activism. So uh, we've talked on the phone. We talk on the phone pretty much every day, um, sometimes multiple times a day. And uh, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, it's it's only right that we turn it into a podcast conversation to let the listeners know or hear what we talk about on a daily basis. Um, so social movements and temporary activists, activism. So I'm going to let you get started off, kick the questions off. And uh, yeah, we're going to do it like that. All right, bro. So topping it off, man, with our first question, um, obviously 2020 uh, was one for the history books. Yeah. Uh, Although we're still battling with some things, uh, still battling with the pandemic um, and so forth. But uh, with George Floyd and the uprising of awareness uh, last summer, uh, do you think that we in particular, the black community, uh, we've made any progress since then? I think um, with all due respect to everybody that lost their lives um, at the hands of police or even gun violence, unarmed, unarmed gun violence, um, you know, respect to everybody that's lost their life from from George Floyd to Dante, Dante from Dante Wright um, on back. You know what I'm saying? This is something that's been going on for a long time. Um, but I think this summer was a little bit different. Things hit a little bit different with George Floyd um, in particular. And seeing that, you know, nine plus minute video um, really resonated with a lot of people and it, it, it prompted the black uprising that we saw. Um, and I think, you know, in, in that time frame, it's something that we probably won't ever see again in our lifetime. But the way that we came together, the way that we protested, the way that we advocated, the way that um, we brought awareness to all platforms, um, to all communities was beautiful. But from from that point to where we stand today, I don't think we've made any progress. Um, we didn't get any legislation passed. There's nothing that we can concretely point to and say, hey, because we did what we did this summer, this has changed, right? 
And it's it's the crazy part is 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 <laughs> Dante Wright got killed a few miles from where George Floyd got killed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's that's how we can judge our progress right there with that question. Um has progress we made has progress been made from now until then? I don't think so. No. And in lieu of that question, I'm gonna I'm flip one back to you. Um, what do you think the current state of black people is amidst these injustices that's happened in the last few years? Like, what do you where do you think we are? What do you think the state of black people is? Well, it's just it's it's it's, it's just finicky. It's just finicky. Or or what I like to say is, man, it was, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent, yeah. and it's it's almost like when 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 these tragedies uh these very unfortunate encounters and situations happen um you know we'll get out and we'll rah 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 and you know we'll hold up signs and uh you know we'll wear our t-shirts um and 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 you know athletes will will write and color on our shoes and and, and things of that nature um uh, but at some point it kind of dilutes uh it's almost, almost like a soda um you know you pop the cap off um you know it's crisp um but after so long you know the, the suds go down and and the soda gets flat and, and i think that's kind of the the black community um in these situations uh or in lieu uh, of the title of this episode uh within our social movement it dilutes so um, it's even it's even like it's almost kind of saying like you you saying that there's an emotional proponent to it that is inconsistent because emotions like we know like the old the old saying goes like emotions change like the weather right like and that's just, we bring a very emotional state to advocacy we bring a very emotional state to these injustices that happen to our people all over this country and around the world so i think until we get off that emotional stuff and we we develop a an element of of dedication principle and focus towards whatever we're pursuing things are just going to continue to sputter in place and happen over and over and over yeah. and over again so and two other words you hear often is or we hear often is is planning and or organizing mm -hmm. um in which at, to some degree it, it can sound cliche but um i mean prior to maybe the civil rights movement um and our and our ancestors um I mean, what planning and organizing are we doing? Um, as yeah. you said, uh, you know, will things will get the going, the ball will get the rolling, uh, and then at, at, at any point we're distracted, um, whether it be social media, whether it be um, pro sports, uh, whether it be another uh, a, a current event. Um, it's just, like I said, I mean, it's just inconsistent and, and, and it's hard to it's hard it's hard to, to gain ground um when you're emotional okay with that being said um as i just mentioned you know athletes and entertainers um who would you say are the leaders of the black community um unfortunately i would have to say the leaders of the black community are entertainers and athletes which is problematic within itself because um as entertainers and athletes um i think they out of everybody are the most performative that to include white people i feel um you know our athletes and entertainers are they get to a point in their career to where they don't want to affect their brand 
right? They don't want to speak up on certain things or they they only take it so far. They won't like, you know, push it over the edge. And we saw that this summer, the, the difference between the WNBA and how they advocated. When they came out with the the, the um, Jacob Blake seven or six bullet holes in the back t-shirt, like that was profound. That Like that was, when I saw that, I was like, wow, like, like, they really about this. They really about that life. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you compare that to the NBA. Um, you really could even compare, really. Um, but unfortunately, I think, you know, athletes and entertainers are our our our, our leaders, right? Yeah. Um, and they're always gonna protect their brand. They always gonna protect their pockets. They always gonna take uh, protect. Um, you know that contract or whatever and and to a point you you always say this on the phone like how much is your soul worth like how much how much is a how much is a dollar costing you how much is that dollar costing us as people um because in my opinion as long as athletes keep going the way that they're going we don't stand a chance like we don't we don't stand a chance with how things are going and 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 I'm a pretty optimistic individual. You know what I'm saying. You can kind of look at the bottom of my Instagram and see like I'm pretty optimistic. You know what I'm saying. Um, but when it comes to the state of the social movement, when it comes to the state of Black people, when it comes to the state of ag- advocacy, when it comes to, to the state of our leaders, I have no confidence. Um, we've made no progress from 1965, the Civil Rights, 1964, the Civil Rights Bill, up until now. We've made absolutely no progress. Um, and that's much in lieu of people protecting their brands and selling out over, 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 over money, essentially. Right. Um, and or I think that, go ahead. Or a status. Or a status or a status. But I think this summer was a perfect example of that happening. You know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Laura Ingram, shut up and dribble. Right. She told LeBron, shut up and shut up and dribble. You know what I'm saying? Um, and LeBron, I would say won that battle, right? He came out with, I am more than an athlete. He, he, uh, he even had the audacity to, to come out with a documentary. I don't know if he came out yet. Oh, it did come out on Showtime. He did a documentary. I'm more than an athlete, but when George Floyd got killed, right? Basketball wasn't being played. Donald Trump made it a point to bring basketball back. Right. In that moment, our leader, our ultimate leader, LeBron James, he could have stepped up and said, no. Until this country meets our list of demands, we are not stepping back on this basketball court. But what did LeBron do? That's the question to you. What did LeBron do? LeBron, he, 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 he laced he laced his kicks, man, you know. And he started dribbling. Yeah. He laced his kick and, and, and won a championship. <laughs> and won a championship, bro. He detracted, he distracted us from the cause. And we even had a post this summer um that I kind of leaned on you, leaned on you to write um about how you know the NBA playoffs or the NBA bubble coming back into effect and how that affected our feet, right? We went from seeing George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. Um, Ahmad Audrey, we we went from seeing all of these names, all of these faces, all of this content on ag- advocacy, um, you know, educating individuals on like what the black state of America is, what we've been going through, what what's 
you know, what's this, what's that, right? And then from there, our fees started to change drastically when the NBA came on, right? And something that we talked about on the phone, you said, you know, LeBron, we can't hear you when you're dribbling, right? So that was a perfect opportunity for LeBron James to say, you know what, these are our list of demands. I'm not stepping back on this court until these are met. You know what I'm saying? We need we need restitution for what's being done to our people in these streets, right? So what happens? What happens? We we LeBron laces him up. You know what I'm saying? We he gets back on the court. AD gets back on the you know Trump lobbies for people to get back on the court. He says, "Hey, I'm I'm in contact with the commissioners. I'm tired of looking at ESPN Classic. I'm tired of looking at these old these old baseball games. We need. I'm on the phone with Roger Goodell." And and uh, Adam, what's the guy name from the NBA? Adam Silver, whatever his name is, bro. I'm on the name. I'm on the phone with the commissioners, and I'm I, in that moment. I'm like, bro, why are you talking to commissioners, bro? You need to be talking to scientists. We in a pandemic, right? So what happens to our feed? We see LeBron James, we see Chris Paul, <laughs> we see baseball, we see Luka Doncic, right? We see all of these things happening, and the the momentum that we had is gone and i think that's I a key word right there uh that's a key word right there momentum um yeah going to, with basketball basketball is a game of runs uh it's a game of angles it's a game of numbers uh but it's a game of momentum um and and going into the playoffs which is typically what the the bubble was i think they got like seven or eight games or something like that and then it was, you know, playoff basketball. At, at that point, you want to be playing your best basketball. You want to, you 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 want to your mom, you you want that momentum or that push uh, going into going into the playoffs. And kind of relating that to, as you asked, our current state, um, you know, in, in the midst of these social injustices and and and, and tragic encounters, um, where where is our momentum? Where you know what what foot are we putting forward? And it's um, you know if, if I mean if it's, if it's a week of you know standing out in the street and protesting or um, or, or what it, the the mural that was painted um, on, on the uh, on on the boulevard where uh, where the White House is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It's, it's like I said, it's just it's unfortunate, man. It's just, like it's like I don't like. I mean, like, like in the, in the terms of momentum, like I said, LeBron won the battle with I Am Athlete. He turned that into a clothing brand. He turned that into a documentary. He monetized off that, right? But when push came to shove, he started dribbling again. So, yes, he won the battle, but Laura Ingram won the ultimate war, right? Because we saw the Instagram feed. It changed. He started dribbling. LeBron, we can't hear you while you're dribbling, bro. That's and something to, that clear, to clear it up in case, you know, Somebody viewing or maybe somebody will comment, you know, what does that actually mean? Um, like actually picture yourself, like say I'm talking right now and I'm and I'm dribbling the basketball. Yeah. It would be tough for you to, to, to clearly hear me and, and really depict what what my message and, and what I'm saying. And and that's and coming up with that, that's the that's the angle I was taking. It's it, it's hard to to when when I say them, we know who who I who, who I'm talking about. When I say them, it's hard for them to hear you while you're bouncing the basketball. You 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 know you're advocating that Black Lives Matter. You're advocating um, that 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 we need police reform. Um, 
defund the police. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, the, the list can go on, but it's hard for them to hear you while you're bouncing at basketball. And, and, and until uh, we put us first, our people first, um, I don't I don't know if we'll ever gain ground. Gain ground. Yeah. Um, and I think even in the midst of everything that was going on, um, Jacob Blake gets shot. Right, right in the middle of the bubble, right in the middle of like playoffs, Justin Blake gets shots in Milwaukee with his three kids in the backseat. Mm-hmm. Right, what's the response from the NBA? What's the response from all the prominent, the Dame Lillards, the the LeBron James, the uh, Anthony Davises? Like, what's their response? Right, like what? It it wasn't okay. If George Floyd wasn't enough enough of an example, Jacob Blake happened and nothing was done. They didn't cancel the game. They postponed the game. How much is a dollar cost? How much is a dollar costing us as a community? Um, I missed all of this social injustice. Like there's nothing happening from our leaders, our rappers, our entertainers that is providing a solid foundation for us to move forward. You know what I'm saying? WAP dropped August 7th, 2020, right? In conjunction to the playoffs happening, we get WAP. Every time a tragedy happens, whether it's um, George Floyd, Jacob Blake, Dante Wright, we get the WAP challenge, right? We get the dance, you know what I'm saying? Dante Wright was killed. And a couple days later, bro, a couple days later, the ski challenge come out. Fucking ski challenge come out, bro. People are doing this ski challenge and somebody just died. It's just, it's like, I am scared for our future, bro. We don't have the focus and the dedication, the principle and, and the discipline to actually advocate for something past five minutes. It's just like we get so easily distracted as a culture and that's everybody. That's everybody. We get so easily distracted that we're never going to make progress. And I and I wrote I wrote on a post. I wrote on a post, and it was kind of a fucked up post, but it was honest. And I said, if I were to die today, at the hands of the police, unarmed, whatever, this is what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get shares on the story. I'm gonna get a hashtag. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna get a GoFundMe account. And I'm going to disappear. And then right after my death on the third or fourth day on some on some Jesus shit, I'm a I shouldn't say that. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> nah, I ain't going to edit that out, bro. On the third or fourth day, I'm going to get. I'm going to get a day. I'm going to get a dance. I'm, I'm going to be replaced by a dance challenge. Like and that's that's how we function. That that's that temporary activism. We don't go hard. We're not consistent. We don't have discipline, and we lack the principles to really see stuff through. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, I'm gonna throw a question at you, man. What what do you what would you say is one of the glaring differences between the BLM movement and the Stop Asian Hate movement? Thing is. You have the Asian community, um, and and I say anything I say, I'm gonna say within respect to to the Asian cultures are the 
nothing I say, I don't, I don't want anything to be, um, you know, taken as divisive or anything like that. I'm just, to my knowledge, to my observation. Um, but you have the Asian community. Um, and, and we're talking about organizing uh, discipline, mm -hmm. uh, coming together as one. You get that with the Asian community. And um, with, the, with the awareness of, you know, as the hashtag uh, coins, Asian hate, you, you tell me, bro, if I was to get on Twitter or, or Instagram, Facebook, TikTok or whatever, I didn't see agents, you know, I didn't see agents fucking crumping in front of a police force. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see I didn't see agent females on top of police cars twerking and shaking ass and shit. You feel what I'm saying? No, yeah, they, yeah. this is what's going on. This is what's going on. This is how it's affecting us. And this is what we're going to do um, to, to receive justice from it. Their hashtag went to an actual bill getting put yeah. into legislation. And it's in the history, in the history of the, the Western world or, 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 or human life. Like when is the, when is the black community aware does the black community have a, have a bill um um uh, a law or or anything in legislation put in place uh for the advancement of, of of black people in the black community i can't think of a time like i i literally like uh kind of how this this screen share says man like the the lynching hate crime bill has been on it's been turned down like 200 plus times or something like that um so i don't think we've ever been we we haven't had the discipline and the principles and the strategy in place to actually get stuff passed. We're just out there protesting. So that's how I'm gonna answer that question. Like we haven't really had any significant bills that is going to essentially lessen the impact or lessen the chances of police brutality, in my opinion. Like I said, just the biggest difference, bro, is you know, on this side, it's there's there's organization, yeah, there's strategy, there's plans, um, they fortify. Um, I just meant it's I so we were talking on the phone the other day, um, you know, not to cut you off, but we were talking on the phone the other day, and you you sent me something that you asked me a question. You said you actually asked me this question. You said, "What's the what's one of what's one of the glaring differences between the Black Lives Matter movement and the Stop Asian Hate?" And I I pretty much had a question, I answered that reminisced what you just kind of expressed to our listeners. Um, there's organization on this side. Um, you know, you got people dancing in front of cops, yada yada yada. And um, you know, I, I texted you that question. I texted you my answer back, and you said, "No, think think deeper. Like, what's what's the glaring difference?" And I was like, bro, I, I don't, I don't know. And you said that you said, come on, Derek, think about it, bro. I said, I, I don't know, bro. You know what I'm saying? And then you broke it down to me. So break it down to me how you broke it down. Break it down to the people how you broke it down to me. But um, and to me, the biggest, the the biggest difference in between the Black Lives Matter movement uh and the stop Asian hate movement 
um, there was no rebuttal. There was no counter. Um, say, that, say that one more time. There was no rebuttal. There was no counter. Uh, as we all know, um, you know, as we advocate, you know, for Black lives and, and that we shout Black Lives Matter, uh, the, the counter is always, you know, well, all lives matter, white lives matter, um, blue lives matter, <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. Whereas with, you know, Stop Asian Hate, it was Stop Asian Hate. And um, I don't and it like, wasn't it wasn't one of those things to where it was like stop all hate, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it wasn't like a stop all hate, not not just stop Asian hate, let's stop all hate. Yeah, there was no counter a counter narrative to distract from the narrative of stop Asian hate. It was just stop Asian hate. And to your point, when people say black lives matter, no, all lives matter. In fact, white lives matter too. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think when you when you expressed that to me, I was just like, damn. I was like, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that, but sorry to cut you off, man. Continue. And I, I haven't heard any rebuttal, bro. Nothing um in opposition. And then you 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 know you pushed well, they pushed the needle forward to to then uh gain legislation uh for their people, for their community. Um Yet we can't even utter Black Lives Matter um, with, without with, with without an opposing force, and it's just for the for the is it the Olympic Games in Tokyo? I believe it's in Tokyo. Yeah, the Olympic Games in Tokyo. They're already writing off no no BLM, no Black Lives Matter uh, clothing or anything being worn in those games. They just wanted to be strictly sports. But I think like. In conjunction to you talking about the what's going on in the Tokyo Tokyo Olympics, um, and them not being allowed to wear Black Lives Matter apparel, um, at any point, um, I think that kind of goes into the anti-black narrative that is practiced, anti-black and anti-dark narrative that is practiced globally. This isn't just an American thing. You got to think. You got people in the Caribbean, people in Africa, people in China. Bleaching their skin, bro. Bleaching their skin, bleaching out their melanin to appeal to whiteness. You got you got people in the Asian community getting eye uh, eye uh, surgeries to to make it making their eyes wide to appeal to to look like white people. Like so, that anti blackness, anti dark um, issue that we have is deep, and I feel like this is a direct reflection of that, right? So. The Olympics is probably the second biggest stage in the entire world right. behind um, the World Cup. The World Cup goes crazy. Right. But the Olympic Games, you got everybody watching, right? And I don't know if you talked about this. I might have been talking about this with my homie Jerron. But the three biggest sports in the Olympic Games are all dominated by black people, right? So, again, this is another opportunity for black people black athletes to say you know what y'all won't let us wear black lives matter y'all y'all already setting the tone they setting the tone for anti-blackness they setting the tone for anti-darkness they're, they're setting the tone for not using this platform to convey a message to the world 
that people are suffering, that 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 America is unjust, right? Y'all can't do this on this platform. Y'all need to shut up and dribble. Y'all need to shut up and run. Y'all need to shut up and hit. Y'all need to shut up and kick. Y'all need to shut up and and fence. Just just entertain me, right? And that I feel like that's the narrative of of us. Like I feel like blackness is only accepted when you can dribble, you can jump, and when you can put up a good 40 time, right? That's when blackness is accepted. But anything outside of that, maybe you can rap in entertainment, singing sometimes, but anything outside of that, no, we can't have that here. You know what I'm saying? So entertain me. I don't want to hear about your, I don't want to hear about your community. You know what I'm saying? We can give you a, uh, What's that? What's that thing ESPN do on Sundays when they tell like them heartfelt stories on Sundays? You know what I'm saying? It, the E60. Put it in your E60. I don't want to hear about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, shut up and dribble. Entertain me. You know what I'm saying? Because when you go to these basketball games, when you go to these concerts, unless the concert is in a club, we ain't there, bro. Right. You go to a you go to a Portland Trailblazers game. It's not a lot of black people in the stands. It's probably 80% of white people that's filling up them seats, that's buying them tickets to that concert, to that basketball game, to that football game, that's getting season tickets. Entertain me. It's almost saying, like, entertain me, nigga. I don't want to see you kneeling. I don't know. No. Get up. I don't want to see that. Play football. Right? So the Tokyo Games is setting the tone early. And this is a great opportunity for our black athletes. To send a message to the world, to the world, Craig, <laughs> to send a message to the world. And what what we gonna do, bro? And this goes to the uh, shout out to Kendrick Lamar, but you say this all the time. Like, how much is your soul worth? How much does a dollar cost? And I understand, like, for a sport like track, track they only they you know they only get their glory um, every four years, right? Um, but for basketball, LeBron James, again, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, Anthony Davis. Why are y'all suiting up? <laughs> why, why, why do y'all have USA on y'all chest? Y'all standing up for a country that don't even stand up for y'all, bro. Y'all playing for a team. Y'all playing and representing a country that don't even respect us. You know what I'm saying? Shut up and dribble. The country literally told you to shut up and dribble. And you did this summer in lieu of George Floyd, in lieu of Breonna Taylor, in lieu of uh, Jacob Blake. You know what I'm saying? And so many other names. Y'all shut the hell up this summer and y'all dribble. But now you got another opportunity with the Tokyo Olympics to set the tone. What are we going to do? It's almost like, man, you know, I'm more than an athlete until it, until it comes to my contract. Until that tech check is cut, you know what I'm saying? And and I feel like the NBA has to set the tone because the NBA is the only league that that has a leeway to do that. And the football, that's 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 the football different, you know what I'm saying? They will cut your ass in a heartbeat, you know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, shout out, shout out, man. Um, but you know, as we speak in accountability, man, um, and and as you said, setting the tone, you know, obviously. As a creator, POC, um, I mean, we 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 in the field. POC is in the field, man. And and, and yeah, absolutely, bro. Every day, 
uh, man, with your hands, with your mind, with your energy, um, you know, you've advocated for the people and not just, you know, black people uh, or the black community in particular, but all people of color. Um, and it almost feels weird as asking this question, bro, but what was the reason for the POC brand uh, not speaking out um, at the events of the, of the shooting in Minnesota? I think um, for me, exposing myself to these traumas every single day as a creator of the brand, um, you know, not only managing a business, not only like, um, you know, managing the day to day of the business, um, doing Zoom interviews and stuff like that. Like I stay tapped in. I'm watching and reading and, you know, I get the DMs, I get the emails, I see the Twitter post. Um, so I'm in the trenches with this every day. I'm exposing myself to trauma every single day. So when I saw Dante Wright's face, it reminded me of a friend because their faces look similar. You know what I'm saying? So Dante's right killing, it hits me, it hit me a little different, right? So um I think I had to mourn a little bit. And I didn't want to put the brand in a position to I didn't want to put the brand in a position to benefit from that tragedy. So I just chose to to, to just to mourn. You know what I'm saying? I didn't post anything about I didn't post anything that week. I didn't post anything about him. Um, and plus, I just kind of wanted to, I wanted to see, like, I wanted to see how it was going to play out. And again, he got three days on the ground before he was replaced with the ski challenge. You know what I'm saying? So for me as a, for me as a person that's in the trenches, that's disheartening, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I chose not to speak on it because I knew it was going to be. I hate to say it, it was going to be a fly by night thing. I kind of wanted to mourn how I wanted to mourn. And I just basically took a week off of the grand. Um, and the brand did too. And, you know, the Dante Wright situation was just for me, I think it really brought to light a, a fear complex that isn't often talked about. Because I feel like irrational fear is timeless. Mm -hmm. Right? I feel like America has done a great job of instilling fear in white Americans, not even in white Americans, but just in people in general about us, fear us, right? Um, but what do you really have to fear? It's not like we conquested the world, exterminated, you know, the Native Americans, enslaved um, Africans, put Japanese people in. Um, concentration camps killed uh, close to 6 million Jews went to the Congo killed almost 15 million Africans it's not like we did anything like that so like why do you fear us why is your fear so irrational that you confuse a taser with a 9 millimeter and not only that you confirm three times you said taser 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 and you still shot a gun, bruh. So not only did you pull it out the clip, and not only is that shit bright ass yellow, you put it to this man, right? All black. You confirm taser, taser, taser three times. 
and then you still pull the trigger. And that to me, it's not a mistake, it's irrational fear. And not only that, this is an officer that that day was training other officers and she got 26 years of experience. And you make that mistake, you mistake a gun for a taser. Like it makes no sense to me and it can only be chalked up to the irrational fear and power complex that officers have. Cause when police officers put that badge on, they put that gun in they that that gun in their waist on that holster every day, they got a power complex, right? I see them in the street regular, they talk to me nice. They talk to me real nice. You know what I'm saying? Because they see me and they fear me, right? Subliminally, they fear me. Cause when they only see us doing extraordinary things, because they're the ones that's buying the season tickets to the Blazers, they're the ones that buying the season tickets to the to the Tennessee Titans and the, the Seattle Seahawks. So they see us doing amazing shit all the time, right? So when they see us in the street regular, hey, how you doing? Oh, you play basketball? What team you play for? You know what I'm saying? You on a football team? What number are you, son? Mm-hmm. Right? But when you get that gun on your waist, it's like, is that, is that? I see something shiny. Put your hands up. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a power complex, bro. Coupled with irrational fear that caused the death of Dante Wright. So to wrap it back, to, to, to loop it back to your question, why didn't the brand say anything? I simply had to mourn, bro. Like I'm tired of this shit happening, bro. Like I that shit, I, bro, Felice Castillo runs in my mind all the time, dog. Like I was literally riding my bike this morning, thinking about him. And like literally on my bike, bro, I tear it up. Like, <clears throat> Like, thinking about some of the shit that happens to our people, dog, like, I almost want to apologize to their souls, bro, for not working hard enough as a, as an advocate for social justice. Like, I'm riding my bike this morning, and I'm apologizing to Dante Wright. I'm apologizing to Felice Castillo. I'm apologizing to Breonna Taylor. I'm apologizing to George Floyd, bro, because it's like, I'm not working hard enough, right? My this brand hasn't had the impact that's really gonna change and move the needle to prevent another hashtag, to prevent another person from being on the gram for three days and then being replaced with a with a dance. Like I'm not working hard enough, bro. So it's it's bro. When I see shit like that, bro, I want to talk about it on on the platform. But I also I'm also human, bro, and I also need time to to mourn bro and I, I just i don't know bro but i'm just not working hard enough bro and I'm, I'm recommitting myself to using every platform that poc has created to bring about awareness to generate that conversation to ultimately get people to examine their conscious behavior as it relates to their their identity, their perception. Okay, yes, you put a fucking sign in your yard, bro. Now what? You know what I'm saying? We need we need more from us. We need more from them. We need more from him. We need more from her. We need more from everybody, bro. So I don't know, bro. But I, I, I was I was on one today, bro. Uh, <laughs> Good, bro. That's uh, no, that was that's heartfelt, man. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, I'm appreciative to. Um, to almost be a viewer and, and listen to you, man. I, I don't see that as a rant. I just see that as a 
as a sincere expression. How has that changed or has there been any change since uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris took office? Absolutely not. I think, um, and Dante Wright proves that. Dante Wright proves that. Uh, there's still people, you know, being separated at the border. Um, and I think, like, excuse my language, but they fucked me up when they said that America is not a racist country, right? Um, I think there was a, somebody said that, and then Kamala Harris had the audacity to piggyback off that in agreement. So I saw us, again, temporary activism. I saw every entertainer, every, I seen the NBA, the NFL, hey, get out and vote, get out and vote, get out and, we gotta get Trump out, we gotta get Trump out, we gotta get Trump out, right? And it was just this whirlwind of like people advocating for voter rights and all this other stuff. Where them voices at now, bro? I haven't seen Cardi B since. I haven't seen P Diddy talk about politics since. So it's all it all kind of plays into like that temporary, um, that temporary av advocacy that we really are prone to as a culture, right? We we're not consistent. We don't have principles. We don't have the discipline to really see stuff through. So yes, we got Donald Trump out of office, right? But I also feel like one thing I appreciated about Donald Trump, and that's probably problematic within itself, but one thing I appreciate about Donald Trump is that he had people tapping in every day. Donald Trump, Donald Trump had people on their toes tapped in. What's going on? What is this? What is this guy gonna say today? Like what? What? You know what I'm saying? Like what policy is he trying to push today? You know what I'm saying? Oh, let me look this up real quick. The Paris Agreement Act. Okay, what is that? Right. I'm up here looking at, you know, CNN every day. I'm tapping in, right? Um, or even just in the black community in particular, like you some you name me uh, under what other presidency has the black community in particular been um aware and or as you say, tapped in with just politics. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because even with Obama, like Obama didn't do nothing for black people while he was in office respectfully. Right. I think Cole said that in a song. Um, you know, I want to change this with Nick politics. Never stop fighting. Don't stop believing. You know, it's a cold lyric. Um, half an hour. Check it out. Second verse. Um, but I think, you know, when it came to Obama, we was happy to have a black president in office and we kicked our feet up. Right. We stopped being tapped in. But as soon as Donald Trump got into that office, bro, everybody was tapped in. Everybody was like, OK, what is Trump doing? What is Trump? This Trump was trying to bring back coal, bro. Like Trump was trying to bring back coal. Um, that's problematic within itself. But again, like and, and another thing that Trump did and another thing that I appreciated Trump for is that he allowed me to see my neighbor. Mm -hmm. Right. Figuratively speaking, he allowed me to see that person that deep down they hold racist ideals, right? But Trump liberated them and allowed them to be more overt with their ideologies and their perspectives on this country and us as people of color and black people. Um, so it's and, safe to say that, that in a way, Donald Trump kind of pulled back the curtain. Exactly, bro. Exactly. He allowed people to go into their closet and take out that that white that thing, you know what I'm saying? Put it on like 
iron it, you know what I'm saying? Get the get the lint roller on that thing, but blow the dust off. Like he allowed people to be comfortable in their racism, right? And it it ignited us, right? I think the voter turnout was crazy. The voter turnout was crazy, but where's that energy at now? As a people, right? Biden and Harris is in the office right now. Where's the energy? Are we holding them accountable? Are we holding them accountable for um, the things that they promised us, right? Or are we just kind of kicking back and just, just chilling? You know what I mean? And I think that's something that we have to ask ourselves as people. Like, why, why do we go hard for something temporarily and veer off into oblivion when, you know, we get temporary relief, temporary satisfaction? Like, why are we not holding these people accountable? Why are we not keeping that same energy that got them in that office? Why are we kicking our feet up now and acting like we didn't go, we we didn't, you know, we wasn't hell bent on getting Trump out? Like, where's that energy at now? You know what I'm saying? So has things changed since they've been in the office? No, in my opinion. But yeah. But um, yeah, man, I think <clears throat> we've talked long enough. Our listeners are probably like, yo, I need to wrap this up. Um, but we had a prolific conversation, bro. Um, super excited to kind of dive into more topics like this. Um, and get on, get on, get get guests in. Um, I'm trying to talk about environmental health. I'm trying to talk about the arts. I'm trying to talk about outdoor ag- advocacy. I'm trying to talk about it all this season, bro. So super excited um, that I'm able to partner up with you, um, being that you are in Tennessee. I'm in Oregon. But with this platform, we are, we are making it work. And something that we want to do that's different this season is we want to leave y'all with with some music. Um, this is some of my favorite music right now. This is some music that I feel, um, I don't know, kind of resembles the time, resembles this conversation, resembles this podcast. So um, we'll go over it real quick. At the top of the list, we got Be Free by J. Cole. Second up, we got Half an Hour by J. Cole. We got Forbidden Knowledge by Rui featuring Big Crit. We got Stay Woke by Meek Mill. We got uh, The Never Ending Story by Jay Electronica. We got Land of the Free by Joey Badass. Lockdown by uh, Anderson Pack. We got Black Oisploitation by No Name, Entrepreneur by Pharrell, High Power by Kendrick Lamar. Window Pain by J. Cole. And to end the playlist to wrap it up, we got Mortal Man by Kendrick Lamar. The Interview that he does with Pac at the end of that is just absolutely prolific. Um, it gives me goosebumps every single time, bro. Um, so you can go on Spotify to check out this playlist. Um, just just type "Color Reimagine Podcast." It should be on our playlist. Yeah. And yeah, man, that, that's a wrap, man. You got any last words? I see a great, great first take, bro. Uh, like I said, I'm excited to be here, man, and and, and I'm ready to dive more into uh the and, and the topics and. Uh, man, like I said, I just can't wait to see what the future holds, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's a wrap, man. Thank you for tuning in to the Color Reimagine podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing. That's your episode for today, folks, man. Have a good week.